We're here to talk about all aspects of film, good or bad, from the perspective of wannabe filmmakers. Every episode, we'll dig into a movie, a performer, a director, or whatever in an attempt to unpack themes, rank favorites, and discuss successes and failures. The goal, in part, as amateur filmmakers, is to walk away with a lesson about the medium in each episode. This is the Greg and Matt Movie Chat. This is Greg. Hello. And I'm Matt, so let's chat. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us once again, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Greg and Matt Movie Roundup. This is a segment where Greg and I tell each other about three of the best movies we watched in the last month, as well as recommend other media, talk about recent movie news, and have a discussion about upcoming projects we are working on. I gotta say, we were supposed to record this two days ago. <laughs> well, we were supposed to record it on Tuesday. Today's Friday. We were supposed we, to record it Tuesday. We tried to record it Tuesday. Well, we tried to on Wednesday. Or Wednesday, Jesus. Tuesday, Tuesday. I think you, your, was it, if you don't mind me saying, I think your grandmother had an issue with her computer. Yeah, I had to walk her through some solutions there. It took a while. Yeah, it's it's so that's totally fair and then i was like yeah no worries wednesday probably works better anyway we try to record on wednesday internet does not work it just shits um, the bed completely just shits the bed completely it's like never start... had that big of a problem with it exactly <laughs> we start recording and then we suddenly are just out of sync we can't hear each other and then we we started doing this weird thing where like we would try to get reconnected and try to ground ourselves by saying "Oh, Captain, my Captain" back to each other. Yeah, which just led to even more confusion. <laughs> so now we're recording on a Friday night. We've just had a couple beers, and uh, hey, man, we're we're ready to have a good time. So. Yeah, no pressure. The universe is not trying to stop us. The Zoom call is in better quality than like a dozen ants marching on the screen because there's so many <laughs> pixels. Like, exactly. Exactly. It's way better now. Yeah. But anyway, uh, let's jump right into some of the best movies that we've seen in the last month. Do you want to start us off? Yeah, this one's cheating a little. I thought it was going to be a movie, so I'm including it anyways. It appears to be a show that did not get picked up. I think, mm. or that just didn't carry through and make more. I want more of it. And it wasn't a full feature length. So yeah, uh, it's called primal screen. It's on shutter. It's from 2017 directed by Rodney Asher. And the idea is so cool. It's about uh, strange things in media that made you scared as a kid. And so this episode or documentary short, whatever it was intended as, is mm -hmm. all about a commercial from the 80s for Anthony Hopkins in Magic. and it, Which is a fucking phenomenal movie, by the way. Yeah, and had a terrifying advertising campaign where the commercial in the 80s was just a dummy staring into the camera lens and, like, at one moment towards the end, looking off behind the viewer as if there's something behind the viewer and it terrified all of these kids because they had no idea what it was what it was talking about what was going on and there were so many great stories of like i used to rush to the tv and change the channel as soon as it came on we used to talk about it on the playground and like theorize what the fuck it was and oh, i just love that idea because i think we all have those weird irrational like things we were scared of from being kids i for one was scared of the grinch and the green giant that's scared the shit out of me that's what i would talk about if i was on this show yeah no for sure i remember it was like teletoon i turned it on late at night and i saw jigsaw on there and he was just talking and talking and it was like i don't even know if it was a movie it was just him talking and it scared the shit out of me um and then this has also happened to uh, we were talking we, we it's it's also weird talking about this now because we did actually record this and it didn't work yeah um so now it's like we're repeating stuff we already recorded but um there was what was it max headroom yeah yeah when the the tv station got hacked yeah well, not hacked i don't know what you would call it in analog terms i think it was but, hacked or something yeah. like that but no one knows who did it and it was absolutely terrifying just freaking weird thing it's it's one of those things where every time i think about it i feel like something's creeping up behind me i just took a look right? actually I was, a <laughs> I was like wait let me just <laughs> oh god but yeah so i i just i like the idea i again i'm i i'm not sure what the intent was for this but i i wanted more of it when it ended because it was yeah. really well done and really well produced state like the staging was great the the recreations of those moments were done really well and the cinematography was beautiful, which is 
I, I don't think I've ever seen like re reenactments in a mm. documentary done that well. So oh yeah, yeah, great yeah. show or movie or doc, whatever. One, yeah. it's only one episode. It sounds phenomenal, and it's on Shutter, right? Yeah. Oh man, Primal Screen. Shutter. Primal Screen. I gotta get that because that sounds awesome. <laughs> That's becoming a stick on uh, a stick on the show, huh, Matt? <laughs> it honestly is just me needing to get shutter um it's great that you're talking about uh magic that's starring anthony hopkins because the movie that actually came out right before that by the same director it's directed by richard attenborough by the way mm. um his previous movie is actually written here and this is totally accidental but it's my first honorable mention uh, of movies that I checked out this month, the uh, this month, this month, um, a bridge too far is one that I checked out. That's also you know starring Anthony Hopkins and uh, directed by Richard Attenborough. It also mm. stars Elliot Gould, Gene Hackman, Michael Caine, Sean Connery, uh, James Caan, Dirk Bogard, uh, Liv Ullman. Uh, who else? Who else? There's uh, Robert Redford, Ryan O'Neill. Uh, there, Lawrence Olivier. It's a crazy cast Jesus. for a war movie. It's and it's and it's epic, and it's like a three-hour-long war movie. And I heard about this when I was a kid. My dad told me about it. I checked it out. I didn't love it, but there's so many good people in this movie that it's at least seeing once. Because if you love Robert Redford, he gets a chance to shine. If you love James Caan, he gets a great scene or two. Same with Elliot Gould. Same with Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins was actually my favorite character in the movie. So I'm I'm really starting to love the 70s Anthony Hopkins from This and Magic. Hell so. yeah. Hell yeah. Um, House of Games was another one I checked out. I, I rented the DVD from the library. It was the Criterion Collection, which I'm beginning Oof. to get a little bit obsessed with and a little bit more curious about. Uh, this was such a great con movie. I believe it was david mammoth's directorial debut and has a lead performance by joe montagna that's just amazing it's like a trickster movie almost uh it's like a con type thing uh i loved it i also saw some great westerns i saw the magnet that oh i also saw the magnificent seven which stars yule brenner and steve mcqueen as well as charles bronson and uh don't remember who else there was another guy james coburn that's who it was hell yeah all-star cast it was a really fun movie but it is no match compared to a fistful of dollars and few for a few dollars more two movies i checked out that i just i absolutely love these these are some of the best movies i've ever seen in my entire life yeah oh. i agree that's some of my most watched <laughs> movies in general those are ones that i've just had on loop many many nights Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I absolutely just, I just loved um, watching these, and they, they're some of the best movies I've ever seen, best westerns ever. The only reason I'm not talking about them more is because I think we're planning to at some point do an episode on spaghetti westerns. So I'm gonna leave it for that. And then my last honorable mention is just a really fun movie called Hit and Run. Starring and directed by and written by Dak Shepard, who I love from Armchair Expert. It was also, uh, I forget the uh, David Palmer. He directed it with Dak Shepard. It's just a really fun movie. Is it stupid? Yes. Is it dumb? Yes. Is it kind of bad? Probably from a traditional standpoint, but I don't care. And also, Bradley Cooper has dreadlocks in this movie. Wild. What a look. Yeah. But my first recommendation that I saw this month, and this is another Coppola movie. I talked about Coppola on the last episode. So this is the second movie by Coppola that I have seen, and it is Apocalypse Now. This is one I didn't know. I don't know. I still don't know what to make of this movie. Um, I definitely think objectively it's great. I think objectively it's one of the best war movies ever made. It might even be the best, objectively speaking. It's definitely not my favorite, but it's... It's a beautiful movie to look at. It's shot gorgeously, and the last 30 minutes are pretty, pretty great, pretty phenomenal. Marlon Brando is a scary bastard in this movie, and you've also got some great performances from Martin Sheen, Robert Duvall, Dennis Hopper, uh, a young Lawrence Fishburne, and I just, I really, I really liked a lot of this movie. It was a bit too long for me. I, I, I definitely think it could have been maybe like 
two hours and 15 minutes, maybe not two and a half hours. Yeah. So which version did you watch? Because I know there's been like three and I never like I, mm-hmm. I, ne- I don't even know which one I saw. Yeah. <laughs> I made sure to see the original because right. I I just I I think I think it was H Bomber guy. You sent me a video of his and yeah. I started watching stuff. So he started talking about he made a video talking about director's cuts and all that. And how the director's cut, kind of what I took away from it is the director's cut does not mean that it's the best cut of the movie because Mm -hmm. movies are a collaborative format and they are a collaborative process. I've also heard Macaulay Culkin say, I think it was on like the Joe Rogan experience or something. I don't know. But he said something that I actually agree with. Once you make art, it's kind of like out there and you just, you should kind of be done with it once you release it it should be kind of the end of it yeah. you know so i'm not a fan of the fact that apocalypse now keeps being re-edited and re-released i think it's kind of annoying that they're they keep cutting stuff and adding stuff to it it's just the movie came out it was made and i understand people want to like do stuff differently with it but just stop just leave it alone yeah it does even if the <coughs> george those... lucas <laughs> sorry i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt it's you true there. No, you're right. Even if those later cuts are like, if if the creators feel that they're better, yeah. I feel like each one takes away from the the sort of cultural importance of, of certain movies. Not everything is culturally important, right? So like if something Absolutely. goes completely under the radar and a recut makes it important, then it's like, oh, okay, that's interesting. But yeah. if it's already a massive movie that everybody knows, yeah. just leave it at that. You know, yeah, move on. Exactly. Exactly. There was like the read, and this actually ticked me off because I, I borrowed it from the library. I actually, um, they're they're doing a different thing with the whole COVID, uh, pandemic going on. Where basically you have to kind of reserve it, and then they leave it outside for you on a. You have to schedule an appointment. They leave it for you. So I made sure to reserve the, um, original, and I pick it up on the day, and I got the Redux cut, which is like four hours long or whatever yeah, the hell that's it is. the most recent cut i think yeah and i just i i got so i got so pissed off and i just decided you know i'm just gonna rent it on itunes because then i at least i know for a fact that i'm getting the original cut but i i think that's just another that's that's just a great example of i reserved the original cut and i got the redux yeah so it's just it's just showing you how they make a great movie these directors they make a great movie and then they re-edit it and re-release it so much that the original is lost so the yeah. best part the best version of the movie is gone forever because they wanted to try and do something else yeah the one that it's had just, like the actual shame. impact exactly that, that one yeah. you know a librarian can't even <laughs> track it down that's like their <laughs> <Exactly>. one job <laughs> exactly yeah well speaking of that i i watched it you know I wanted something to connect with Matt with here, but I also don't really like war movies, even if they're very good. I just, war, war grosses me out a lot. Um, And I, it's definitely a difficult thing to watch for sure. Yeah. And and I like, I like Possessor and war just makes me sick. Um, (laughs) (laughs) War is disgusting, but I do love the documentary about apocalypse now hearts of darkness, Mm -hmm. um, which is just, a lovely lovely deep dive into the fucking shit show it was to make this movie and probably oh, yeah. the reason that it's been recut so many times because nothing went according to plan and it seemed like the whole the, ev- everything in the world was against this movie being made oh yeah uh, did, were you able to check this out have you seen this i have not seen this but i would absolutely love to because is... watching apocalypse now i was so curious yeah how they were able to make a movie that was what I thought was great. I thought Apocalypse Now was great. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm just so curious how how they managed to fix all the problems because I mean watching it I was like man this was a nightmare to make and it's just a it's a what's the word oh god it was a series of disasters yeah. tumbling down a hill on fire basically it's a miracle that's the <laughs> word that I was thinking of I can't even think of miracle these days uh, it's a miracle that it turned out as good as it did so. Yeah. yeah no it was it was rough that uh w- one cool tidbit oh, also by the way it's it's completely on youtube right now so i'll send you a link to that oh, shit actually okay yeah 
Um, but also, I don't sound drunk, do I? No, yeah. <laughs> don't worry. I'm, I'm so self conscious. And, and if you do, then I do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, but yeah, it, it, one thing that you might like is that that scene with um, Martin Sheen, uh, where he's kind of losing it in the hotel room. Yes. That was they got him very very drunk and just kind of had him do what he wanted to do. Um, I've I've heard about that and. I'm just I'm very interested it it seemed like from one end like it was intrusive when they shot it but then they've got Martin Sheen talking about it and reflecting on it he's like that's kind of what I needed and wanted to do which is very interesting because it's a very very honest and brutal depiction of someone working through something both as a character but Mm -hmm. also as an individual um and so yeah he was going through a lot and everyone was in that yeah movie. everybody i heard was. he had a heart attack during the making of yeah. apocalypse now so yeah no that's it's it's very interesting to see that yeah yeah i think he had the heart attack shortly after that moment so makes sense yeah man i'm i just found it on youtube here yeah no i'm gonna check that out that, that looks fantastic and yeah no I, I i loved it i thought it was no i didn't love it i don't know why i just said, uh <laughs> No, that's that, but yeah, I, I think I think you're I think you will love it. I think you... <laughs> Oh man. We're gonna power through this man. We're getting it out. <laughs> Tell me about what else you saw this week. Alright. I I saw this one, another one from the Criterion Collection. <laughs> This one's called Downhill Racer. It stars uh, Robert Redford and Gene Hackman. Now, I really like Robert Redford, but I've tr- I've been trying to get into his movies lately, um, and I, I just I feel like I haven't seen any of the great ones yet. I feel like I've yet to seen to see. Oh God, I'm an English major for fuck's sake, and I can't even. I'm not pronouncing the words right. I feel like I've yet can't to pronunciate. See, I can't pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I haven't seen any of his like really great movies yet. Right. And it's been something that's kind of been bugging me because I see him in something like The Way We Were, which is an all right movie, uh, but Barbara Streisand really steals the show and while I can acknowledge that Robert Redford is a great actor and he's and he's good in the movie, I just I don't really feel like I'm getting the full Robert Redford experience. So mm. I've kind of been craving to see a good one. And then I also saw three days of the condor, which I didn't really like, unfortunately didn't just didn't really work for me. I also saw, you know, he was in a bridge too far, which he was great in that, but the movie also was a bit disappointing. It was a bit too much. It bit off a little bit more than it could chew. And then I see downhill racer, which is the best performance I've seen from him so far of my limited experience seeing him. And it's a it's a sports movie that's not even really about the sports as much as it is about the person. He plays this guy who's kind of an arrogant skier, but you feel for him and you want him to win, even though he is maybe a bit of an asshole. But you, you see what he's going through. You see why he wants to be a champion. You see what his home life is like. Hmm. You see what his personal relationships are like. And you see how they begin to kind of mix a little bit too closely with each other and it has consequences but i also don't want to make this movie sound like it's some big epic sports movie because it's it's really not it's a very quiet very kind of almost slow burn of a of a of a movie of a character study um but it's it's a phenomenal sports movie and gene hackman is great as his coach um who he has a relationship with it it was a great movie and it's definitely one of my favorite sports movies and i never thought i would be saying that about a movie that's about skiing yeah that's 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 unreal i need to see this now it's it's a great movie um and it's one that nobody has talked about i i the way that i heard about this movie is i was on the library database looking for movies with robert redford because i wanted to you know see more of the stuff that he's done and I just saw this and I thought, Downhill Racer, Robert Redford, Gene Hackman, Criterion, I'm in. Um, and I thought, I'll give it a shot. And I'm, I'm so glad I did. Definitely definitely one of my top ten favorite sports movies of all time. Yeah. It's great. Uh, highly recommend this one. Awesome. 
So what else did you see this this month? It looks like you saw all documentaries, and I, I love it. Yeah, that's that's been basically my casual viewing lately, uh, aside nice. from research and stuff. Uh, yeah. So I've been watching a lot of documentaries that were on Shutter, basically. Uh, and so I watched oh, yeah. Smoke and Mirrors, the story of Tom Savini, which was really cool. And Tom Savini, you know, if you don't know, he was... He, he created the special effects for, like, all the classic horror movies in the 80s. He's, he's a total legend. Mm-hmm. Just think of an impressive effect from the 80s. Chances are he had a hand in it. Um, yeah. And so this documentary was a lot of interviews with him and talking about his life. But I think what I just took away from it was, like, I assumed he'd be a scary person because he made these very violent, <laughs> like, real-looking sculptures, yeah. basically, as for a living. But exactly. he seems like such a sweetheart. And I think that's awesome. Not the best made documentary I've ever seen. Not like, you know, there were moments that felt a little amateurish in terms of filmmaking, but it was still just really cool portrait of Tom Savini. And yeah, I love the guy even more than I did before. (laughs) Yeah. So what else has he, what movies has he worked on exactly? Like specifically? Uh, The biggest ones, I think his his big break was in uh, Friday the 13th. The first one, he did the effects for that. Um, he also did like, uh, Romero's, uh, Dawn of the Dead. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, tons of horror movies in that era. He was like the go-to guy. If you could get Tom Savini, then you were, you, you were a champ. Your movie was going to have great special effects. He also, um, he brought the like modern day sort of, uh, blood formula to movies Mm -hmm. where like, you know, you watch the movies from the seventies and the blood is like super orange and weird looking. Yeah. He he kind of brought in to especially with Friday the thirteenth. That's one of the earlier movies where you start to see that very realistic looking blood. Uh oh nice. And that's his magic right there. He he yeah. really is a magician. His background was in magic, uh and in theater. So he's oh, wow. he he's 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 really great at creating an illusion and convincing the audience that something is there that isn't or that, you know, something isn't there when it is. So Yeah. What an artist. That's interesting. He did some good ones too. I'm looking at them right now. Uh, yeah, he did Dawn of the Dead. He did Friday the Thirteenth. He did uh, The Burning, which I, I I haven't seen, but I think it stars a young um, a young George Costanza. Yeah. Uh, he also did Creep Show, which I'm a big fan of. And, oh yeah, uh, Creep Friday the Thirteenth. Final Chapter, which is I believe is that the one with Crispin. Yep, Crispin Glover and Corey Feldman. Yep. Yeah, he did like the 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 coolest special effect from there was when. Uh jason like falls face first onto a machete and like you see his, <laughs> you see the detail of it like his, his his head being cut in half and then like like drifting apart as he slides down it's it's amazing and it looks so good to this day and that's all savini oh, magic man. i just i just laughed because when you said it it just sounded like oh man he did this really cool scene where you know jason Voorhees slips on a banana peel and there's a slide whistle and he falls on the machete and slices his face and Corey feldman goes oh you and then there's yeah like a freeze frame and then the credits roll yeah oh god no that's great i uh, on shutter yes i'll get the i'll get it (laughs) free trial free trial man I'll do it. I will do it. Um, my third recommendation. I'm very excited to talk about this. Oh one. yeah, me too. <clears throat> it's the best movie I saw all month. Uh, just under fistful of dollars and for a few dollars more. You love those Italians, and all of a sudden, huh? I wonder who influenced I, I know, you there. Right? Yeah, I wonder which one I'm about to talk about. I'm about to talk about the ultimate Italian director. Uh, the one who everybody kind of credits is like, oh my god, he was. Pro- a lot of people say he's. Pro- I don't know if anyone's actually said he's the best filmmaker of all time, but I feel like every single one of the greatest filmmakers of all time are like, oh, but Fellini, man, he's he's an inspiration. So I think by virtue of the fact that all of these amazing directors look at Fellini as inspirational, kind of makes him seem like he's the greatest director of all time. He's definitely think, among my favorites. Oh, yeah. Can't and, get enough. Oh, yeah. And after seeing, you know, this movie, I feel a little bit more comfortable seeing these other movies. I think, to be honest, what I'm starting to realize, I think when a director is hyped up so much as being the the best of all time, 
it scares me a little bit to see their movie because I'm afraid if I don't like it, then people are going to be like, "You're not a real movie fan. You don't you don't like Coppola? What the what the hell is wrong with you?" <laughs> so I'm starting to get a little bit more comfortable checking these directors out. Right. And I absolutely loved La Strada by Federico Fellini. This yeah. is just it's a beautiful story, and uh, I didn't know what to make of it while I was watching it, but I I was just into it. I was just so into it. And Anthony Quinn is in this movie. I, I saw him in this one called uh, Last Train from Gun Hill, which is a Western with Kirk Douglas, which is one that I liked. It's not like a fantastic cinema or anything, but it's a nice Western from like the 60s. So, you know, I, yeah. I liked it. And he was also in The Guns of Navarone, which I saw when I was a kid and kind of grew up watching it occasionally on TV. Um so I got a poster of it up in my room. So definitely I, I have some respect for the guy. And to see him in this, he, he's phenomenal in this movie. Um, but the movie's not even really about him. It's more about this this girl who's traveling with him who's yeah. a clown. And I don't even know like how I would describe this movie. It's not. It's kind of like a, a tragedy almost. But Definitely. I think not, it's very, yeah. very personal to Fellini's life. I think is yeah. what it comes down to was uh, I forget if it's this movie or another one. It's been a while since I thought of this. Mm-hmm. The, the the clown woman, uh, Jen Selina or whatever, Jim, what I forget her name. Jim's Jelsamina. Yeah. Jelsamina, like I think. Yeah. Yeah. She's played by his wife, isn't she? By Fellini's wife? I think so. Oh, let me, let's let me fact find check that out. That. <laughs> let's fact check it's this. The fact feel, check zone. I, I feel like we're on armchair expert now. It's time for the fa- my favorite part of the podcast, the fact check with my soulmate, Greg Condra. <laughs> <laughs> you listen to Armchair Expert, right? Yeah. Okay, good. You got that joke. It wasn't super weird when I said that. <laughs> You're just like, what are you Whoa. talking about? <laughs> oh, man. Okay, this internet. Why are we? Come on. Let's move Here, it. We'll yep, that was, it. That's that his, was wife, yeah? his wife. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, th- I think he's kind of projecting his uh, he's reflecting on how he's he's treated her in a lot of ways in this mm-hmm. movie and that's where you get like Zam- Zampano's Zampano his Zampano uh, Zampano yeah <laughs> that's, that's where you get a lot of his like um his shittiness towards her from yeah. it's, it's a very personal like a lot of Fellini's movies like you watch Eight and a Half too obviously that one's about Fellini too um, yeah, but like this one especially is very, very heartbreaking. And I mean, it's interesting that he was willing to dive into his his personal life in, in that kind of way, but using sort of um, uh, these mythical figures like the clown, mm-hmm. the strong man, and so on, right? Like that that kind of thing to these archetypes to dissect sort of what he's going through, why he's being this way, why what. What, what does yeah. he feel? What does he see? So, yeah, I, I think that's why it's so powerful. Yeah, I, I found it very powerful. And I think at the very end of the movie, I kind of... Because throughout the movie, I was expecting it to become like a love story at first. Right. I'm expecting it to be like, is the, is it going to be like, you know, like, obviously, it's a, and it's an Italian drama from 1954. I don't know if it's really going to be, oh, she, she he spilt coffee on me and whew, at the bookstore and, oh, we don't like each other. And then, you know, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan end up actually liking each other midway through the movie and try to make it work, but they can't get along because there's too much sexual tension and then they realize that they're um, sending each other emails and then you, and they live happily ever <laughs> and after. And a little kid says, F-O-X. No, <laughs> that's not what happens. <laughs> exactly. Um, Italian movies from that era were very, yeah. very... I don't. It's more like they're trying to put together their lives as a, as a nation after like fascism, basically. Is like yeah. They, they it, there's a lot of heavy heavy moods. Mm-hmm. There, this I honestly do kind of see this as a bit of a love story in a way. Right. That's how I interpret it, because there's a look that Anthony Quinn gives uh, Gelsamina. I, I I just had it up and I should have looked what her name is and how it's pronounced, but I, I let's think say, they say Gelsamina. 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 Let's say. I'll look it up again. Uh, Gelsamina. You have to put your, like, yeah. You know, Gelsamina. Gelsamina. You have to put your hand up a little and. 
Jelsamina. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's her name. Jelsamina. Jelsamina. Um, there's a look that Anthony Quinn gives Jelsamina, and it's it's heartbreaking to see him give her this look, and it makes me wonder, like, does he actually love her, but he just is too, you know, insecure to really be able to show it? Too fucked up to show too it, Too fucked even. up, too masculine, too up his own ass, you know? Like, yeah, what? toxic. And I, yeah, and then the ending made me believe that he that he did love her and it was a very heartbreaking relationship. And it's, it's something I think watching it again would be interesting. Cause I'd have that thought of it. You know where it's going, right? You can I know watch where it's him going push and... her away and be like, fuck. Yeah. Don't do and that. It's, it's heartbreaking. And uh, I just, I, I, I really love this movie and talking about it now. I, I love it even more. And I, I love what you said about Fellini actually got me into wanting to watch this one because you said that, a lot of his stuff seems to be he has a protagonist who's a man who's unlikable in some way shape or form whether that's marcello mastriani in eight and a half or another movie or you know anthony quinn in this one and they're kind of a better looking more handsome version of himself that is um, (laughs) yeah dealing with his demons basically and that really that was really interesting to me because i heard that and i thought that is a great thing to that's what art should be you know art, art should be a place where you can examine your demons you know and, yeah i think i remember reading yeah. I, I took a class on on this era of movies at one point and i i remember a reading where like he started going to therapy basically and just like yeah exploring all those ideas that he was discovering about himself in mm-hmm. his art and so that's why they feel even when it's not clear what exactly it's supposed to mean it feels like a gut punch because he uses such oh, yeah. universal language to to get it across if that makes absolutely. sense absolutely absolutely yeah i i love this movie um i can't wait to watch more of fellini's stuff i'm really pumped to check out eight and a half i'm not so scared to watch his stuff now because now i'm like oh i actually i actually could enjoy it you know yeah la, la, la strada was what i started with two act or yeah, I think I started with La Strada or Ivitaloni, The Bulls. Um, mm. One of those. It was, it was like one of those. But La Strada is definitely a great way to get get a look into his psyche and then yeah. be ready for that for eight and a half. Where like it's exactly. very similar themes and ideas, but on a huge scale. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I just want to remind viewers at home, at the beginning of this podcast, I had as an honorable mention for one of my favorite movies i saw this month was the dak shepherd comedy hit and run mm-hmm. where bradley cooper has dreadlocks so i don't want anyone to get the idea that we're two film snobs who are like mm, the criterion collection Ooh, fellini no <laughs> we just love all movies the directors i love all movies um you're, you're telling look, me about look tokyo at my drift. list yeah <laughs> you're telling me about tokyo drift every every 10 minutes but yeah no um it's up I, there I'm, it's up there with eight and a half tokyo drift. <laughs> basically the same movie really um (laughs) yeah um but i i just love that this is a place where we can talk about tokyo drift and fellini at the same time you know that's that might be one of our upcoming episodes in fact people stay tuned (laughs) (laughs) if fellini directed the fast and furious dude that'd actually be a great sketch that would be next time we can get together we should do that just get get a car (laughs) <laughs> it would just be like a car it would all be in black and white and it's like mm, don't drive too fast right <laughs> and while he's driving there's a flashback to like his childhood of like yeah him, his bad relationship with women <laughs> yeah it's like vin diesel turns in like an oscar winning performance for how he, he feels bad about the way he treats michelle rogers <laughs> It's like I have to, I have to push you away because my family is in the way, and it's like <laughs> he just keeps. <laughs> oh God! Well, yeah, let's talk about some other media besides movies. Do you see any good TV shows? Do you watch any good, uh, listen to, watch any good YouTube channels? Listen to any good podcasts or music? I been just kind of rewatching shows for the most part this week, and you know, still keeping up with like RuPaul's Drag Race and stuff as oh, that yeah. comes out. Um, but on top of that, uh, music I've been writing to a lot is Cowboy Bebop's original soundtrack this week. I don't know if you've heard that. Uh, I should listen to it. It's very, very fast paced kind of jazz, uh, 
and, and there's slow moments in the middle too but it is one of those uh as soon as i played the album i'm like i'm i'm hitting my keys as fast as possible i don't care if nonsense is coming out i'm typing yeah. gobbledygook and i feel like fucking shakespeare like yeah it, it's just a great kind of like jump start to like get into it go 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 yeah. like uh and then and then it slows down as the as the soundtrack keeps going and you you know gives you a moment to think about the words before you type them and make sure you're not just typing like ass 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 like on repeat like i do sometimes um i do too great minds think alike <laughs> so that's been my listening uh and then channels uh emma and i discovered a channel called sideways on youtube this week yeah uh and that channel they do um very very in-depth dives into music theory and film sound Ooh. film scores in particular oh wow and the energy is very funny and and like it, it's very brash and uh not serious but the the it it covers so much music theory in with it with that tone it's something that like some videos require several watches because i'm not i don't know any music theory proper um, yeah and so it's it's clearly an expert in their field having fun with talking about movie scores. Uh, I yeah. highly recommend that channel to you because I know you're 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 more you can read sheet music, right? I can read sheet music and I know a little bit of theory. Yeah. I did theory uh, I think it was in ninth grade and I was doing like eighth grade piano and we had to write our like a written test. Mm-hmm. Um and I just remember there was I was not I did not get it like at all. And then my piano teacher like yelled at me one day and I was like, OK, I will uh, I will uh, calmly and politely but briskly uh, pull my shit together and learn how to do this. So I spent like the next three weeks just studying my ass off and then I did the test. And then I was, I felt like I failed it because everything was so easy. And I was like, I think I aced it or I failed it completely. Oh. Like, I don't, I don't know. That was a little bit too easy. And then I got like a 95 on it. So, um, I, I don't know if I, if I would know it now, but I think I'd have a general understanding of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, th this person yeah. who makes this is clearly like, has like a doctorate in. <laughs> so in basically I'm, theory. I'm equal with this person. But basically. you're good. I, th I think you're going to get their language a little more i think you might get more out of it than i mean i think i basically have a doctorate in music theory because <laughs> i played the piano for like a couple years yeah <laughs> when I'm... you said your your music teacher yelled at you i just pictured jk simmons like berating a child <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> okay quick story that's really funny please in my okay i had i was in grade 10 and i had this um my my piano teacher told me about this uh what do you call it it's it's like kind of like a recital kind of thing and it had a bunch of kids who were playing and he's like they need to end it off with like an older kid who knows how to play the piano really well and i asked if you could do it i kind of signed you up and i was like all right cool um so then i'm getting ready for it i'm getting amped i'm playing the song i'm practicing it all the time and the night before my parents i don't think had seen whiplash and i was like hey i'm doing a music thing tomorrow let's watch whiplash i don't know why i thought that was a good idea to watch a movie about a drummer who fucks up um <laughs> the night before a piano recital and then i go to the piano recital the next day i'm feeling jazzed i just saw whiplash i feel great and then I sit down and I, I, I got so up my ass. I got so arrogant and just watching all these like kids go. I'm like, man, I will just wait until I go up and I'm going to rock this house. I'm playing classical piano, by the way. I'm not going up there and playing the sex pistols. I'm playing, you know, oh, you know, a Mozart song. Not even. I'm playing the knockoff Mozart song. Where you know? you're like sweating over the keys like it's a yeah. fucking jam. I'm thinking like, oh yeah, I'm gonna look like fucking Lud Ludwig von Beethoven when I go up here. No, I'm not. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look like a nerd. All right. I'm gonna look like a high school nerd. <laughs> all right. And I go up there and I get so in my head and I'm just like, I'm killing this. You're I'm picturing this. the girls in the front row just throwing bras at you, like yeah. All none of them. All <laughs> none of them. Yeah. And then I forget everything. In the middle of it, I just stop playing and I stare at the keys and I'm oh freaking out. I'm like, oh no, I don't know what I'm doing. So then I'm like, what do I do? And I knew the 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 end of the song had a thing where it goes back and plays the first two lines of the um of the song. 
So I'm like, okay, well, I played the beginning, so I'll just go back then to the beginning of the song. So I start playing the beginning of the song again. And then I forget that, too, because now I'm freaking out and I don't know what's going on. So then I'm like, oh, man, I don't know what I do. So then I'm like, I need to I need to end it with like a like a like a what do you call it? Like a like a triad, like a like a chord kind of thing. Um, you know how they end with like a no at the end of the song. So now I'm rewriting this song. So that I can get through this horrible event. You're playing jazz now. I'm playing fucking jazz now. Yeah. And I play this chord and I totally fuck it up. I don't hit any wrong, any right note. I just hit all the wrong notes that I was not supposed to hit. And I just, I get up and I just look at the audience and I smile and I bow and I look at the audience. I didn't know my piano teacher was coming. He was right, he was there and he just looks at me and he's like, "What the fuck did you do?" Hilarious time. Yeah. That's a it was, nightmare. Uh, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. This is and that's why I don't I don't like getting I don't like confidence almost like I almost like to be a little bit lacking in confidence because it's much better than me being arrogant and being like, I got this in the bag, bro. (laughs) You learned your lesson. I learned my lesson. Yeah, that's why that's why when I when somebody compliments me and I just go, oh, thank you so much. That means a lot. And I move on. It's it's me saying, okay. But please don't let me get out of control again, because it has happened before, and I don't want it to happen again. Oh, Lord. I'm so sorry, Matt. Okay, well, speaking of music, let me know what have you been listening to lately. I got into the Pixies a little bit, or Pixies, I think they're just called. I listened to Doolittle. I loved it. I listened to Surfer Rosa. I thought it was all right. Some of the songs didn't really work for me, but Doolittle is one of the greatest albums I've ever heard. Mm. And... I had a great combination where I had to do some readings for my graphic novel course that I'm taking. And I read the novel, the graphic novel, It's a Good Life If You Don't Weaken by Seth, which is a Canadian graphic novel, by the way, while listening to Pixies Doodlittle, which, by the way, if you're into graphic novels or and or Pixies, I recommend doing those at the same time. It is kind of a perfect, oddly a perfect combination. But yeah, no, I've read some really great graphic novels this month. Um, I read It's a Good Life If You Don't Weaken by Seth. I read The Poor Bastard by Joe Matt. And I read Paying For It by Chester Brown, which are three great, just three great uh, cartoonists and graphic novelists. And they're all friends. They're wow. all friends, all three of them. If, if you read Seth's novel, you see that he's best friends with a guy named Chet, who is a representation of Chester Brown. And then you read The Poor Bastard, and Joe Matt is friends with two guys named Chet and Seth. And then paying for it, Chester is friends with a guy named Joe and a guy named Seth. And it's just interesting how they are reflected in each other's works very similarly, but slightly different to the way that they are reflected in their own works. However, I feel like in their own works the way that they look is is worse than they look in other people's work. Huh. Like you would think it's the way that Seth sees Chester Brown is not as great as um, the way that Chester sees himself. Mm-hmm. Seth sees Chet um, as like a pretty good friend who hears him out and talks to him through stuff. And it's a good life if you don't weaken. However, in Chester Brown's novel... Not that he sees himself in a bad light, but paying for it. Um, the thing that he's paying for is sex. Sex, yeah. Yeah. So I just find that really interesting. And the poor bastard, Joe Matt, this guy, is full on making himself look like the world's worst piece of shit ever. Which kind of makes me have a bit of respect for him and the fact that he's so open about this. So right. I'm like, he must understand that he's kind of a fucking asshole. I, I, I know paying for it, but I didn't know that there was this cohort of these yeah. three uh who are all like in their own little comics universe i think yeah. that's awesome and that makes you want to yeah. go read each of these back to back it's pretty much it's very much like how paying for it is done they got their own art style and whatnot but um it's just very real it's just very very real not quite as re- i feel like chester brown is probably the most authentic almost out of all three of them because his his is very matter of fact yeah but i love it did you get anything cool this week, Matt? 
I did. Uh, I've been obsessed with the Criterion Closet videos, so there was a point where I was like, I need to do some. Uh, I need to do get some DVDs. I need to restore, and I got Hell this yeah. Blu-ray Steelbook. It's amazing. It's uh, My Bloody Valentine from the eighties. It's an. It's just a great slasher movie, and I beautiful. love it so much. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. I showed you a photo of it. It's mm-hmm. phenomenal, and it's a great horror movie. I can't wait to rewatch it. You need to see it. Yeah, that's one I always skipped when I was going through my like slasher phase as a kid. I was like, ah, I don't care about Valentine's Day. This How this seems you? lame. Yeah, I just like my dumb little kid brain thought like Valentine's Day. That's dumb. And <laughs> I've been hearing like I heard a couple things recently from people of like this is a classic, and I was like, oh shit, I need to yeah. watch that. It's a really good one. I highly recommend it. Um, I'm gonna be honest. There's been a ton of news this week. Stuff that we like kind of we don't even need to get into because other places have uh basically done it all whether we're talking about golden globe nominations or gina carano being fired from the mandalorian fuck gina fuck gina yeah (laughs) just don't just don't do it this just don't say shit all right it's so easy anyway there was one news thing i did want to mention quickly a canadian icon a canadian actor who i really love Christopher Plummer unfortunately passed away recently. He was 91 years old, but his his filmography will always live on. He was a phenomenal, phenomenal actor, and I did check out one other movie this week. I checked it out last night. It was a movie I saw as a kid, and I always thought it was cool. It's this movie called The Silent Partner, and he plays the villain in it, and he's definitely in it. He's not in it enough to make it better, but every time he's on the screen, he was electric. And that seems to be a common thread throughout all of his movies, whether it's Knives Out or, um, you know, his amazing two-week acting job in All the Money in the World Mm. uh, or his leading role in Remember or even just going back to the 60s with The Sound of Music. All of his performances were great and you always wanted to see more of him and he will be missed dearly. Absolutely. So let's talk about some upcoming projects that you got. What what, what do you you have or... That you're what? What? Do you, what do you, I'm Vince Vaughn now. What? Do you, what, what? Come on, Daddy. What are you? What are you working on? Uh, I just put out a new video, folks. It's live. Nice. Uh, it's about Deadpool. It's about irony. Oh, yeah. It's about sincerity. It's about feelings. Nice. The feels. So, oh, yeah. check that out. Um, that was my main thing this week. Uh, oh, yeah. Next one for next week is about Phil Lord and Chris Miller. What can we learn oh, from them? Oh yes. Yeah, that's finally coming. I, I've been. I've been nice. Had that one on the back burner for a while, and I think it's ready now. So Sweet. that will be fully written and recorded this week. Um, yeah, I'm trying to find a good place to do sketches because I've noticed that my video essays generally perform better and mm-hmm. get a bigger response than than sketches. So that's something we might have to talk about off mic. Um, maybe I can just, I don't know, shoot something for you or like a 20-second thing. But that that we can figure out the deets of. Um, Wait, what is this? The sketch? I, I, I just have like, I, I have a couple sketches that I want to do, but I don't think oh, they would belong on my channel, but they're so easy that I feel like they just need to get done. And I think I'm, 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 I'm debating in my head, like, what's the best way to do this? And I'm thinking you already have a sketch channel. <laughs> Very true. Very true. We can figure out the details though. Yeah, we'll figure out the details for sure. Um, um, other than that, I think that's pretty much it. I'm really trying to stick to this one video essay per week thing. So, yeah. um, so far so good. Yeah. Um, I, uh, that sounds great. And I can't wait to watch your Deadpool video, especially your Phil Lord and Chris Miller one. That's going to be great. Yeah. I can't wait to check that one out. Um, we're just about to wrap up. The only thing that I really got going is I, I'm doing the YouTube video a week like you are, and it's going great. I think it's great that we're holding ourselves kind of accountable to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got a video coming out on Friday called Sketch Read. It's this thing I've been talking about for a while now where we get aspiring writers and aspiring actors to basically uh, perform a sketch that they have written uh, just via Zoom. And I'm really excited. It's coming together really nicely. We had a lovely Patrick Campbell on the show. He wrote... Uh, and he acted in his sketch as well as, uh, so did Greg, you acted in his sketch as well. My first and, acting gig. Yeah. And it was honestly, it was such a joy to watch. It was such a funny sketch. It was called the unusual suspect and it should be out on Friday. And then we also have a interview 
that is going to come out on the podcast mainly because it was going to come out on my channel but the video didn't save so we only have an audio file but I can uh I'm just going to release it on to this so you'll all be able to hear our our interview that mm-hmm. we had with him that was a lot of fun but other than that I'm just trying to watch more great movies keep making YouTube videos and keep having a good time Hell yeah Matt respect also I just want to shout out Matt gave a phenomenal performance this week in a play uh a virtual play it was over zoom it was amazing matt is a great actor and i'm just gonna brag about that for a minute because i know he won't brag about himself so yeah if you if you have a chance to watch matt in anything do so asap thanks man it means a lot that you and emma were like oh you're a great actor i was because i it's you never know yeah i know you were saying like i hate it when you see a friend of yours do something artistic and they suck and you have to act (laughs) like they're really good at it so i'm glad (laughs) knowing that you're saying that i know that that's not the case because if that was the case you just wouldn't say that (laughs) no i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna plug as much as i can your your performances and until matt is in another performance or back on the podcast or making a youtube video you can listen to more of our episodes on hallconmedia.com on podcast services around the world spotify itunes podbean amazon music all of it we're everywhere you have no excuse not to listen so you better go listen right now subscribe on your app subscribe on your grandma's app she doesn't know it's fine give us that number boost um, <laughs> find matt at matt hall collections on youtube find the podcast on instagram the greg and matt movie chat find me on youtube at CinemaCon and on twitter same thing at CinemaCon. All those links that I just mentioned might be a lot to take in, but you can find them all at hawkonmedia.com. You're so passive aggressive. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Until Only that... horrible people don't subscribe to the, to the Greg and Matt movie chat. What's going on? <laughs> I'm trying to be persuasive here. <laughs> um, until next time, folks, stay groovy. Watch a movie. Yeah. <laughs>